All right, so I'm going to be reading our scripture today, and we're going to be reading from Romans 8, 18 through 39. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will, that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the, the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes us through wordless, wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to the, these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up all... For all of us, how will, he not, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any chain, charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Not in, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to talk about our video that's going to play in just a moment. Um, we feature Amber Hoff, and uh, she's a therapist here in the area, and she speaks so well, and so um, she just explains very well like what she does and why she does that. And I just want to encourage you to give it a listen. I know that therapy and counseling and things like that can be uh, kind of a scary prospect for some. Um, but I want you to just, just see what she has to say. Uh, our goal in these videos has been to give you information from experts and people that live in that world uh, every day. Um, because it's, it's our belief also that like when you interact with the revelation of God in worship and in message plus information that's that's an equation for transformation and so that's been our goal for this uh, series and I do hope that you uh, listen to Amber uh, with that in mind thanks
My name is Amber Hoff. I am the sole owner and therapist at Sound Mind Therapy in Marion. I am an LMFT, which stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. I am also a certified EMDR therapist. And so EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And I am also a, a certified professional in HR. I primarily work with trauma, but I kind of want to normalize the reasons why people see therapists are not just the big things that we all talk about. So it's not just depression. It's not just anxiety. It's not just ADHD or PTSD. People will see a therapist for a number of different reasons. And I can list, you know, easily off the top of my head in my caseload this week. It's things like life transitions. And so what I mean by that is things like a job change or perhaps leaving a relationship or moving into a new town. It doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be a mental health earthquake. It can be just the run of the mill. I need an extra support who has no emotional connection to me to help walk me through just day-to-day -day life experiences. It can be things like a loss of a loved one, which many of us experienced during COVID times um, and just in general. So it's not just the big things that you read about in the media, in the news. Sometimes they're small and those are just as significant. I think God gives us these resources because we're supposed to use them. He helps those who help themselves. And so, you know, these are tools. Therapy is a tool. Um, in some ways, I am a tool for people to feel better and to do better in their lives. We are better Christians when we are mentally healthy. We're better parents. We're better friends. We're better at our jobs. We're better in all aspects of our life when we're mentally healthy. So in some ways, and in a lot of ways, mental health is just as important as our physical health. There is a lot of science that backs that all up. It's cyclical. It's a cycle. So. What I do, um, so it's called CBT, which stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. That is going to be probably the most common type of therapy that you will run into, though other therapists will follow different branches. Um, as an example, EMDR would be a, form, a different form of therapy. So in CBT, we're working on not just behavioral stuff, so what are your habits, um, we're also working on how we mentally interpret, or in the cognitive aspect, how we think about the things that we experience. And so that form of therapy then, we go in and we just talk about how you're interpreting life. Can we change the way you're looking at it? Can we change the behavior that you're experiencing? Can we do all of these things so that maybe you're approaching this problem a little differently and in a more healthy way, which then, as I said, gives you the ability to do better in your life. Therapists are not meant to judge you. They're not meant to make you feel guilty or make you feel ashamed of your behaviors. It's not a confessional. It's nothing like that. We're here to walk with you. Um, we're here to support you. And so a good therapist will join with you on whatever it is that your goal is. We do not set those goals for you. We let you set those goals and we support you in the best way that we know how. The things that people come to me with when they're anxious about seeing a therapist, and so perhaps they're meeting me in a less formal context. It's not a, well, let's talk about your mom. Let's talk about your feelings. It, we can, of course, if that's a problem, but again, you come to me and you bring me what you need and I help you with that. I don't tell you, well, I think your problem is is that you never had a good relationship with your father. <laughs> that's, 
that would be a little counterintuitive if you came to me because you're dealing with chronic pain, perhaps, or uh, a difficult boss. So we talk a lot about boundaries. We talk a lot about self-care. We talk a lot about are you fostering healthy relationships with those around you? Do you foster a healthy relationship with yourself? Um, and, you know, for those who come to me kind of with a Christian orientation, I talk, do you foster your relationship with God, and what does that look like to you? So it's, it's different for everybody, and part of being a therapist is being flexible. We're meant to be able to fit into various contexts. We don't always do them well because we are human, but we do our best to walk with people. Um, bow your heads and fold your hands as we pray for our pastor. Thank you for sending our pastor to shepherd the church. I am grateful for the love and understanding you've put in his heart, the love for you, the love for the congregation, and just a general understanding and love for everyone. I appreciate everything he does for us. He spreads the word, your word, and I hope that the word spread today as we close out our emotional roller coaster series hits home or it brings something in you that really helps you get closer to the Lord and helps with many things in your life. I hope everything goes well today and I look forward to the wonderful sermon. Amen. morning all. Glad to see you here at REC Drive at uh, Marion Methodist and glad to see all of those of you that are joining us on the internet either Sunday morning or at a later time. Wonderful uh, opportunity to be with you at worship. My name is Mike Morgan. I have the opportunity to bring to you uh, the interpretation of the eternal word of God this morning. A couple of prefatory comments to that. You saw Jared a few moments ago, um, and what, what a great celebration. So many uh, cans coming, but what, what I want to celebrate with Jared uh, right now is he spent uh, the weekend up until this morning out at the Abide Conference, which was at New Covenant, as one of the worship leaders there, and kind of a growing thing, and there was couple, know, three or four hundred people out there um, and, and next year, I hope we can send some folks out there to kind of see what worship is a little, a little deeper and join Jared in that. He was on the planning team. And also, um, you can see that the uh, second place winner in the can competition isn't here today either. Um, in a move for great growth in the church attendance, we sent him and about 45 of our youth out on a youth retreat. So he'll come back. Gonzo will be back this afternoon. But, I, you know, we've been praying through the weekend that many of our students would, you know, have some sort of great spiritual moment uh, alongside their youth leaders and whatnot so and parents so um, blessings great things going on at the church and one of them is going to be our ash wednesday service this wednesday night um, as jared said you know about the march date ash wednesday has a similar path in the sense that it's really a time takes space just to be here you and the lord um, that service is not a preaching service there's a few scriptures 
Uh, there's some periods of extended silence, and if you desire to receive the symbol, uh, we will impose the, the symbols of um, the ashes uh, for repentance and the oil of healing uh, towards the conclusion of that service. Uh, we do have our normal dinner at 545 if you'd like to come, but uh, no other programs are happening Wednesday night other than that service this week, which is different for us. Uh, so come and join us uh, here in the sanctuary. To the emotional roller coaster. This has been a very important series, I think, in the life of our church and the life of our community. Um, it's been important for me to preach the emotional roller coaster series for a few reasons. One, some of us are on it. Some of us live day to day on an emotional roller coaster. And some of us are loving folks that are on it. So it's important for us to acknowledge what is real. And I'm appreciative of our speakers like Amber Hoff, who I got very acquainted with during uh, our COVID task force within the city of, of Marion, uh, Alicia Gerber, who spoke a few weeks ago, Don Semple, and Ben Davis. They've all offered their expertise with us to, with no cost uh, to you as a church and just because they love helping people. And because I think they believe they're all Christians, as do I, that God does not intend for his people and the church to hang around um, being mired in depression, um, anxiety, uh, overtired, or addicted. So when we come to the conclusion, which we are today of this series, it doesn't conclude our work in these matters. It doesn't conclude the fact that you might be struggling with these things. We still encourage you and, and, and guide you and desire to make sure you know the Lord loves you and that we do too and we'll do everything we can to assist in your growth. And so that's why um, I wanted to end at a somewhat same place I started, but in a little bit deeper fashion. Uh, my sermon talk is, is really uh, entitled today, uh, Christianity, Medicinal, and Clinical Therapy, and how they might all work together. Because the premise under all this is that mental health is treatable. Mental health is treatable. So in our growth group's materials right now, there is this definition of therapy, the treatment of any disease or disorder by any means. That's what therapy is. And most of us do not seek, uh, do not hesitate to seek professional health. If we break our femur, you know, we kind of drag our leg into the doctor, right? We wouldn't stop for a moment. If we thought we had, you know, something in our gastrointestinal uh, system, we would walk right into the doctors. We wouldn't even hesitate. We wouldn't worry about what people were thinking about us. We know we need help. We're going to get it. But at the same time, many people do hesitate when seeking health, help with mental health. Still today. Amber said on the video that therapy is a tool to do better in our lives. And in the context we're in, we are better Christians when we're mental, mentally healthy. I've believed for a long time, and I know I have some schooling in this, but I still believe because I've seen the produce uh, and the fruits of the labors of therapy that therapy is a means of grace for many. A lifeline for some people that just need a little bit of help up or need a big strong pull uh, along the way of life. Because what therapy does is it helps reframe the narrative that we often tell ourselves. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we tell ourselves that we are something exactly different or very different from what we're looking at. Or we're out in the world community and we see ourselves at a much lower or much more difficult place than others see us. And a therapist will help us reframe 
the way we look at ourselves, the narratives we, we, we put for ourselves. And, and as Amber said in the video, we are better people when we're mentally healthy. Un ancient wounds can be unpacked. Shackles can be released from us. And a therapist can put light on things that have been keeping us in the darkness for a long, long time. The American Psychiatric Association Foundation suggests six reasons people hesitate to seek treatment for their mental health. And I, um, I'm not here to debunk them. I'm here to actually affirm that they're true while at the same time um, offering encouragement from a spot of faithfulness as to why I think we need to walk by that. If you're someone that's loving, someone that's having a mental health crisis or is in need of uh, whether short-term, long-term, or if you're that person yourself, and I think what Jared said is true, a group of more than 10 is gonna have some of us that are struggling with something. Um, so please understand, um, I'm sharing with you what uh, they found in their survey and I think how we can respond to those. The first uh, hesitation many people have is resistance to acknowledging there's a problem. Many people will say simply, well, I'm just having a bad day or I'm just having a bad month. And some of you nearby, those that say that will say, well, no, dude, you've been having a bad two years. We don't like acknowledging that something is out of sync with us. We, we don't acknowledge, want to acknowledge that maybe our personality, our emotional state or our, our psychological state or our, or our religious state, spiritual state is fragmented in some way. And we, and we might even say, well, yes, I'm, I'm this, but it's not that big a deal. And, and here's one of the most difficult sentences that we sometimes say, I can manage it myself, even though we know we cannot and have not up to that moment. We just haven't. And sometimes we need to push back and say, what is going on in my life that I need someone else to get a lens on? Someone else to help me regroup and get it in focus. And here's the encouragement. Small things can be as significant as big things. That's true in our bodies. And that's true in our minds. And it's true in our emotions. People see therapists for a whole bunch of things. Not simply the big, or <laughs> Amber said this uh, phrase that I'd never heard before, not just for the mental health earthquakes, and we know what those are. So that's reason number one, uh, hesitation, resistance to acknowledging there's a problem. Secondly, many people resistant, you know, mental health care because of the stigma or the stereotypes, the prejudices or the discrimination that's been on it. Still today, there's anxiety about seeing a therapist. I said to one of the speakers you've seen over the last few weeks on the phone when I was uh, recruiting them, I said, you know, one of the problems is that people will see a psychologist or, or a psycho, you know, a, a therapist of somewhere and they see that sloped couch and the person laying there and then the therapist, you know, has their glasses on their nose and a tweed jacket with the leather elbows and, you know, half a pipe and they're actually writing down their shopping list or something like that. And so we, we, we feel weird about it. You know, we, we don't, there's these prejudices that have been built in over a period of time, but I want you to be encouraged by what you've seen. The people you've seen on the screens these last four, four weeks or so are, are people that have thrown their lives, literally thrown their lives at helping other people. And they're just like us. They live in the community just like us. Those are all people that are from this particular area. And still, and still, 
even though we know that what the mental health community is, is uh, constructed of, even though we know that the reality is it's best to seek uh, assistance with any kind of problem we have, we still hear people say, if people think I have, you know, insert uh, a mental health malady there, or they, they think I have this, they're going to look at me weird. You know, I can feel them in the grocery store. They look at me weird if people know that. Or they won't hire me if it's on my Vita. Or when people see me and they know I've got depression, anxiety, addiction, struggle, whatever, they're going to avoid me. They're, they're going to like work away. And then of course, the most colloquial expression that you ever hear, which is generally incorrect, if anybody can say it about themselves, people will think I'm crazy. And that builds hesitation to get help. And sadly, and I've seen it, you've seen it too, there are some cultures, there are some families, there are some environments that have prejudiciously portrayed mental health assistance in negative ways. And here's my encouragement. Many people are being treated for mental health. That, that in our community, the reason we have a mental health professional shortage here is because people are seeking treatment. There's always been a lot of mental health issues. But people are seeking mental health treatment, which is a positive thing. And they are starting to see that mental health is just as important as our physical health. A, th a third resistance to seeking treatment that's often heard is that past experiences with therapy or medication have kind of, um, I guess the common phrase would be, turned people off to it. it you know, I've, I've met with someone that said, you know, Pastor Mike, you know, I knew I needed some medication, but it just made me so loopy when I started taking it. And sometimes that is correct and true. And I want you to understand this about uh, medicinal therapies, particularly in relation to mental health. They're different than antibodies in the sense that they tend to function. And remember, I'm not an expert. You can get way better advice than this somewhere else. But, but the facts of the matter that I'm aware of is that those are saturation medicines and they usually take 20 to 30 days to hit the point that they need where they can really help you and you can balance out. And sometimes there is a little, anytime you take any kind of medicine, sometimes it makes you feel loopy. But just like it takes 20 or 30 days for it to engage itself, it takes about the same amount of time to disengage from you. So, so be encouraged. And, and therapy in the same way, you know, I've had people, you know, begin therapy and they just say, you know, I went two or three times. I just w wasn't making any progress. They just sat there and listened to me. And or I, I've heard people say uh, and, and engage with people that say, well, my therapist and I just didn't click. And I'm like, I'm saying, well, then try another. Keep trying. Don't give up. There's persistence necessary even when we're aching sometimes to advocate our own care, even if it's a mental health situation. We don't mind advocating our own care when we're in a uh, physical health situation. So, so don't be afraid. And don't, if you're a helper, someone that's loving, someone that's struggling, encourage them to, to, to keep going. Therapists are there to walk with us on problems, not solve the situations. They, they seek to help us set like achievable goals that we can target our efforts at. Because here's the thing about when we struggle to, 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 to click, you know, when we've had a bad experience. I got to tell you, if I had a headache and, and I was given medicine and it didn't work, I would vigorously pursue another solution, wouldn't you? I mean, if I went through three or four solutions, I'd get down to the Hopi Nation in, in Navajo in, in, in Arizona. I'd start rubbing mud on my head or whatever it took to get well, wouldn't you? 
I mean, really, seriously. And, and so sometimes we, we have to say, we have to have the same vigor when we pursue mental health. health. Not everything's going to work the first time. So take another avenue, a different avenue. I know it's hard when you're the broken one. But have some vigor in, in your own care. Fourth, the fourth hesitation that uh, often comes up is my support team has vanished. And you've heard this phrase. You've got somebody in your circle of friends and family that said this, like, They've been broken for a long enough time and they'll simply say whether it's true in reality, it's certainly true in the way they feel. Everybody gave up on me. They just walked away from me. No one cares about me. I'm on my own. People feel that way. And I want to tell you that of course you feel that way and I'm not going to discount the way you feel about that. I do want to give you this encouragement though. You can go right into the scriptures. There is this question and answer in the scriptures that we read just a moment ago. The question is, if God is for us, who can be against us? Answer, no one. It's right there in scripture. And Lamentations in the third chapter says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. We might sometimes feel like we're on this island called earth alone, but we are not. We may not feel physically the strong arms of love, mercy, and grace that God has for us, and they are there for his compassion and mercy follows you and goes with you always. Which leads us to our fifth hesitation sometimes, and that is religious understandings. Sometimes people feel that, they, they, that some people want to depend on God only and feel that psychiatric care is a lack of faith. God has given us the ability to develop various treatments. Would you not agree that God has given the human mind the ability to, to, to um, develop various treatments for, for various medical maladies we have? God, God in, helped human minds guide themselves towards a cure or, or, or an inoculation against polio, against the measles, against chicken pox, against all these kind of things. And we don't say, well, I don't think God would have wanted us to be healed of those things. The bubonic plague has virtually been eradicated from the face of the earth, and we cheer those things on. So do we not, and can we not, in the same hand and glove, believe that God has allowed human minds to develop treatments, various treatments over the years that help us stay mentally well? I believe that that's true. I believe just like any other kind of healthcare, they're not completely perfect, but I do believe that they're a grace of God. Romans chapter 8, Zoe read this a few moments ago, said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that have been revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected, subjected to frustration. That's the brokenness that we all feel. The, the creation, though perfect, set free in the freedom it's subjected to some frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. You see, God's greatness encourages us to find a healthier way to approach our own issues and behaviors. And when we look at religious hesitations, other people feel their symptoms are a curse or punishment from God. And you've got to know this with firm language God does not punish us if you feel that way you're certainly not right 
God does not punish us. If we believe that Christ has taken the punishment for your sins, the Lord will sometimes discipline you because we do get off base. No question about that. He gives us discipline to correct us, but not to break you and not to beat you. Understand this, that when, when we feel our, uh, that that which is rumbling up in front of us is a punishment from God, we are exactly incorrect. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8. You've already heard this once today. And we know that in all good thing, in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image <coughs> of his son, that he might not, that he might be the firstborn among the bro- many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Understand this. You are destined not for curse, but glory. That's what the beautiful creation of humanity is. It is destined for glory forever and, and, and lasts as far as the resistance. Many people resist getting mental health therapy or assistance because of hopelessness. They have been in it so long they see no hope in their situation. And with scriptures, and I pray my empathetic heart I say these things to that. If you're losing hope, know these six things. You're still here. Praise the Lord. There's a bigger picture. In Romans 8, it says, we know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time, which means the creation itself is aching and groaning. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. There's a bigger picture. There's hope in the bigger picture. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already see? For what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. So you're closer than you think. You're cared for. You have much to give. And understand this, you won't see all the results right now. I know we live in an instantaneous culture, but we don't get all the results now. 1 Peter, I take a step away from Romans for a minute. 1 Peter, verse uh, chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because Christ raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, We live in great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed to you on the last day for all to see. So listen to this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. If you're in a mental health crisis, it's hard to be truly glad. It's hard to believe that wonderful joy is ahead because all you're enduring is the trials. But I'm here to tell you, it's true. So Christians, in relation to clinical and medicinal therapy, we have these responsibilities to care for deeply the hurting and show compassion to help family and friends know you will journey with them through the obstacles and help them navigate the obstacles because any way that's going into mental health um, 
treatment, there are fears, there are stigmas that cost money, there's economic challenges there, there's timeline to get an appointment. If you call for an appointment today and can get one before the end of March, even though you're in a critical crisis, that would actually be kind of somewhat surprising in today's mental health world in our community. Do your homework and have suggestions of, of professionals that might help. Have your quiver full, maybe a card or two, maybe an internet site of someone here locally. Sometimes we need someone that has no emotional connection to us to help us walk through the concerns of our day. And sometimes we are the ones that can hand that off. God gives us those resources to help us. So stay connected. Provide the spiritual e encouragement necessary to stay the course. Because, and, and, and lastly, and I mean lastly, I, I can read a clock, but more importantly, I can read the needs of our community. Faithful people, and that's you and me, must, absolutely must give expression of their own confident trust that the troubled can find strength to take the next step towards his or her own healing. This is critical. And you have to have readiness for this. If you're gonna help someone, you need to be ready to help them, and sometimes you have to say, it's because of this I have the confidence that you seeking clinical or medicinal therapy or counseling will help you. And no one asked me, but here's mine. And I don't have to try to outsmart anybody. I just lean right into Scripture. So if you don't have one, say, what is that guy talking so long about Romans 8 for? Because I think it's the answer. Listen to this. If someone asked me, I'd go right here. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? That's you, by the way. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who is raised to life is at the right hand of God the Father is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? By the way, who at my first service has a sword in his hand? Anyway, we'll come back to that. I thought that would be the hardest thing to do. Apparently something here, just take mine. Three musketeer. Anyway. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? As it is written, for your sake, we faith death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Now, here's the home run pitch. And I think this is why we need to be willing to grab people and say that Lord God himself would desire you to get the help you need and I will walk with you. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor things, the present nor the future, nor powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is an amen from scripture. That is a walk away, drop the mic and all that because what we need to know is no matter who we are, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what kind of therapy we might need, no matter what our Piccadilly might be that we've gotten off track with, no matter what our addiction is, no matter what is pulling us away from God, God is right there saying, but... On your behalf, I create victory. Yeah, there's greater days ahead, but there's going to be some mud storms for right now. And in the human community, whether it be the congregation of the living God or the medical 
or psychological community. I've provided you the help you need. Lean into it. Pray yourself into it. Trust me and trust those who love you because there's help and greater days are ahead. May we pray. God, today as we conclude this series, which that's just something that you alongside us created for this congregation. So the work doesn't stop today. And yet as we conclude this worship service, we do pray for the anxious. We pray for the depressed. We pray for the healing. We pray for those who, trauma, who are in great trauma. And we pray for all that are mentally suffering. And we ask that they might look up and feel that they truly are in your hands. It's not just some childhood song we learned how to sing, but you truly do have us in your hands. And you won't let us go. And we pray for all those who are loving and supporting the aching. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being you. Because even when we feel alone by ourselves, when we feel there's no human being to help us, there you are, loving us, caring us, holding us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I give you thanks. Amen. Um, I, I know I gave a little Facebook video, if you're on Facebook, the other day to, to remind you that um, I never have once for a minute thought I was the greatest preacher in the world. That's really not it. I do think that some of the things, the talks you've seen on the screens and some of the talks that have come from this pulpit over the last few weeks might be useful and helpful in the mental health journey of someone you know. And so on MarianMethodist.org, uh, you can find unrecorded sermons, just the talk from the professional scripture reading and, and the sermon that you can share. You know how to do that. And if you don't, to call your grandkids and they'll help you. Um, but you might have a friend. You, you might have a colleague. You say, hey, I don't know if this is for you, but take a look at this because I do really think it, it might be useful. I, I rarely hawk those things. We don't gain anything financially from them, but someone might be encouraged um, down the road of their own healing. And so for the holistic healing of God's people, uh, for the spiritual um, health of us all, may God bless you and keep you in pursuit of that journey in your life. You are the beloved of God, and he's never going to let you go. Uh, God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Amen.